Hello there and welcome to the Lancet HIV September issue podcast. I'm Peter Hayward, editor of the journal, and this month I'm talking to Sanne van Loon of the Department of Clinical Psychology, Leiden University in the Netherlands. Sanne is an author of a trial published on August 19th online and included in the September issue of the journal. The trial assesses the use of a guided internet-based intervention for people with HIV and depressive symptoms, and it's been done in the Netherlands. Hi there, Sanne. Hello. So your study is looking at the potential of an internet-based intervention to treat depressive symptoms in people living with HIV. Are depressive symptoms and depression more common in people with HIV than in the general population? Yes, it is more common. Also in other uh, chronic diseases, depressive symptoms are more common. The prevalence rates uh, in people with HIV uh, vary a lot between studies. Uh, they can range from 0 to 80%. But most of the times uh, for depressive symptoms, the prevalence is estimated at 30 to 40%. So that's quite high. For depressive disorder, uh, the prevalence is about 10 to 20%. So they are quite uh, common in people with HIV. Okay, and, and that's sort of HIV again reflecting situations that we see in other chronic diseases? Uh, yes, that's true. So, so for example, in uh, diabetes, the uh, depressive symptoms are also uh, more common than in the general population. How can depressive symptoms affect people living with HIV? Um, yeah, they, they can affect them on uh, many areas of life. Um, symptoms of depression uh, include, for example, uh, sadness or sleeping problems, eating more or eating less and having less interest in activities. So you can imagine that these symptoms have an effect on many areas of life. So for example, uh, on the mood of people, but also on their physical health, on their thoughts, on their behavior. So people with HIV and depressive symptoms uh, mostly have a lower quality of life. And it also has an effect on their medication adherence. Uh, as most people with HIV use antiretroviral therapy, but they don't uh, always take the medication as prescribed uh, when they suffer from depressive symptoms. So then it may also have an effect on their physical health. So yeah, it's really important to, uh, to treat depressive symptoms in people with HIV. So then can you briefly explain what it was you were investigating in your study and, and just the, generally how you went about the, the investigation? Yes, um, we investigated uh, an internet intervention for people with HIV and depressive symptoms. We investigated the effectiveness of this intervention. First, uh, we developed a booklet with, uh, with this intervention, but thereafter we transformed the uh, booklet into an internet version because online interventions have certain advantages, such as that more people can be reached and the intervention is easily accessible also uh, in the evening or in the weekend, for example. Uh, the online intervention consists of cognitive behavioral therapy and support from a coach. Uh, there are four components uh, in the intervention. And the first component is activation, where people are asked to think of an activity that they can perform uh, in the coming weeks, such as, for example, taking a small walk. Uh, second component are relaxation exercises. The third component is changing negative thoughts into more positive thoughts. And the last component is goal attainment, where participants were asked to think of a goal that they would like to achieve, and then they were working on achieving the goal. 
and they worked uh, on the intervention for about eight weeks and then one to two hours per week. And they received telephone support from a coach for about 15 minutes per week. And the coach motivated the participants to continue with the intervention and they checked their well-being. And the control group uh, was on a waiting list and also received telephone support from a coach for about five minutes a week. Um, and participants were recruited in HIV treatment centers in the Netherlands. Doctors and nurses in the HIV treatment centers screened HIV patients on depressive symptoms. And when they suffered from mild to moderate symptoms and patients were interested, they were referred to us. And then we screened them more elaborately on the uh, inclusion criteria, um, such as that participants had to be 18 years or older, and they had to have HIV longer than six months, and they had to have mild to moderate depressive symptoms and did not receive treatment from a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Um, and then thereafter, when uh, patients were included, they were randomized to the intervention or the control condition. And there were multiple assessments during the study. So there was a pre-test and then assessments during the intervention and then three post-tests. You mentioned there that you uh, chose study participants who had mild to moderate depressive symptoms. Why did you choose this population? People with HIV who have mild to moderate depressive symptoms, uh, then the symptoms are not recognized by healthcare providers, but they do suffer from uh, the symptoms, so it's important to treat them. Um, and we think that when uh, patients have severe symptoms or uh, severe suicidal ideation, then they need more intensive treatment from a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So when uh, we found that patients had really severe symptoms, we referred them um, to the HIV treatment center or the general practitioner, and then uh, they, yeah, they were referred to a psychologist or a psychiatrist to give them more intensive treatment and more monitoring. When you did your study and you compared the uh, control group and the intervention group, what did you find? We included 188 participants in the study and we found that the intervention was effective compared to the control condition. So in the, in the intervention group, the depressive symptoms decreased more than in the control group. And uh, this was also found at follow-up. So also uh, uh, three months later and six months later. And the effect sizes were around 0 0.5, so that's medium. And we also found uh, clinically significant improvements. Um, so more participants in the intervention group significantly improved than in the control group. And we also found an effect on anxiety. So the, the anxiety symptoms decreased more in the intervention group than in the control group. So obviously your study was done in the Netherlands and that's a sort of a specific setting. Do you think that the intervention might work elsewhere, particularly, for example, in low-income countries where people where, the, where, where there's the highest burden of HIV? Yes, be, before we conducted this study, we uh, conducted two other studies to investigate what would be important to include in the intervention. So we conducted a correlational study and a needs assessment. And based on these studies, we yeah we designed the intervention because we found the uh, yeah the important components what what were the important components of the intervention. So these studies also need to be conducted in other countries 
especially when the countries are really different from the Netherlands. So, for example, in Africa. So, at the moment, we are uh, conducting a study in Botswana. Uh, and we did already did the correlational study and the needs assessment there. Um, and we found that the same components can be un- included in the intervention, but that the um, people with HIV in Botswana prefer a book instead of an uh, internet intervention because they uh, share, mostly share their laptops and smartphones there. So they would rather have a book for themselves. Um, we have to change some examples in the intervention because in, uh, in Botswana, uh, dance and church is very important. So we can include that uh, in the intervention. Most of the time, some adaptations ha- have to be made to the uh, intervention before you can implement it in other countries. Right, and there's a bit of groundwork to be done in working out what needs to be included and how best to provide the intervention then. Yeah, so that it's, yeah, because it differs between countries. Yeah, so actually my final question was what's next in this line of research, but I think you've sort of covered that. But so what are your next steps with this intervention in the Netherlands then? Um, Yes, we want to implement the intervention in the Netherlands. So we want to make it available uh, for all people with HIV and mild to moderate depressive symptoms. So we are uh, going to make a start with that now, now that we found that the intervention uh, is effective. Um, And we also conducted some extra analysis, um, for example, a moderator analysis to investigate for whom the intervention is especially effective. Uh, So for which subgroups it's more effective than for other subgroups. And we conducted a mediator analysis to investigate how the intervention works. And we studied the cost-effectiveness of the intervention. Uh, And for the future, we are also planning to uh, conduct research in in other countries, such as Botswana, but also uh, other countries. On that point of cost-effectiveness, actually, do you think think this intervention is likely to be scalable? Um, Yes, I think it is, because it's... Um, it's not expensive, uh, not as expensive as, for example, face-to-face therapy, because the, uh, the the coaching that we used was done by students mostly, so uh, master students in clinical psychology that were almost finished with their uh, with their study. So that yeah, we have, of course had to pay them a little bit, but it's not really uh, as expensive as, as that you need a psychologist or a psychiatrist to provide an intervention for like uh, one hour a week, for example. So, yes, it's, uh, it's probably uh, quite cost-effective. Well, thank you very much for telling us about your really interesting research there, and we look forward to hearing uh, hearing what happens next. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Sani.